What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Nerd Patrol. I'm your host, Dominic. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it. Let's go have some fun. Today, as you know, is Comical Comic Book Review Wednesday. And the first comic book that I'm going to be reviewing is Injustice Gods Among Us. This is technically broken into five separate books, year zero through five. Today, I'm going to be taking us through years zero through year two. And I'm going to be reviewing it, but I'm also going to be going through the timeline of it and talking about the art and the sophistication and the overall timeline, the multiverse, you know, the whole nine. But we're really going to do it by the deaths, all the deaths that happen from year zero through year two, and we're going to follow the timeline that way. So without further ado, let's dive right in, and we're going to talk about the very first death that we see. We open up on Superman and Lois Lane in bed. Superman hears the beat of his unborn child inside Lois. They start having conversations about kids and life, and they're both very happy. Superman gets a distress signal, and he has to leave. Lois Lane gets a text message saying that there's a corrupt politician doing some corrupt business, as they do, down by the docks. So Lois and Jimmy Olsen are going down to the docks to try to get journalists and photo evidence of this corrupt politician doing said corrupt things. So they go down there, and they find out that it was a setup, and there is no corrupt politician, just a very corrupt villain by the name of Joker. And Joker kills Jimmy Olsen by shooting him through the lens of his camera. Which is, if that's, oof. (laughs) That's rough, yeah. Yeah, that's a rough one. Issue one, we already have a death of a uh, pretty popular character throughout all these Superman storylines. Jimmy Olsen has always been there. Now, he's no longer there, because he's dead. But, as soon as Jimmy Olsen dies, the Joker captures Lois Lane and takes her hostage knowing very well that Superman is going to do everything in his power to find Lois Lane. The next death that we find in chronological order uh, is Scarecrow and Scarecrow is found by Batman. When he takes off the hood that Scarecrow wears he sees that he has been killed by Joker gas as there is a just grinning smile ear to ear plastered on his face. So Batman makes the very intuitive decision to let the entire Justice League know that Scarecrow has been killed by the Joker and at all costs the Justice League has to find Lois Lane even though the majority of them have no idea how Lois Lane is connected to Superman. Only Batman and a handful of leaguers know that but Batman still sends all the league out to find Lois Lane. So we know that Joker planned ahead. He got Scarecrow to give him fear toxin which he mixed with synthetic kryptonite so it would affect Superman then kill Scarecrow then they I say they as in Joker and Harley Quinn they steal an atomic bomb a submarine and they have Lois Lane so obviously they know Superman's gonna find them Superman does find them he storms into this submarine by just flying straight into the hole and just busting a giant hole in immediately is hit with fear toxin and it affects him and he sees what he thinks is doomsday so that makes him take doomsday and fly what he thinks is doomsday out into outer space so that he can get him off the planet what everybody knows 
is that that's actually Lois Lane. And Batman figures it out, I'd say, about seven seconds too late. And Superman flies Lois and their unborn child into the outer space where the vacuum of space consumes both Lois and their child, killing them almost instantly. Now there was a trigger on Lois's heart, so when it permanently stopped beating, it would trigger the nuclear blast that was planted in Metropolis by Joker. So Joker kills countless people in Metropolis, just immediately evaporated due to the atomic bomb. Some of those people that we got to see are Jesse Quick, which was the speedster that Lex Luthor had on his payroll, who he told that if there's ever an incident, use your power and run me to a bunker. And in the issue, it said that Jesse Quake got Lex Luthor to the bunker and then presumably was trying to help people get out of the blast zone, but was not fast enough and got caught in the blast herself and was thus incinerated immediately. Another death that we don't find out about until the first annual issue was Kid Flash and Beast Boy and the rest of the Teen Titans. So Kid Flash is with Superboy and Beast Boy and they're going to get some sandwiches for the rest of the Teen Titans. Kid Flash is in Metropolis when the nuclear blast hits and so he is again also immediately incinerated and he is not fast enough and this is the Bart Allen Kid Flash. This is not any other Kid Flash, just a clarifier. Beast Boy is hurt really, really bad. Superboy is not too much damaged, but Beast Boy is on the verge of death. So they find Superman and they ask him how to help and he says he can't. And then Superboy says, well, you could send us to the Phantom Zone where it could save us. And Superman clarifies that yes, it is outside of time and space and Beast Boy would not die, but he would also not continue living he would just be as he is. And so Superboy takes that L and they both get zapped into the Phantom Zone. So we are classifying that as not necessarily a death, but that's not exactly a win either. Right? That's not a dub. That's... They just took the L. That will... We're gonna put it like that. So, one of the crucial deaths that happens shortly after both of those is actually it happens th the way the issue plays it out is that Superman immediately after figuring out that he kills Lois Lane comes down and punches a humongous hole through Joker and then the issue kind of says that Jesse Quick died right as the bomb hit so before Joker dies and Beast Boy and Kid Flash both die and get wounded in their own respective areas almost simultaneously as Joker is killed by Superman, which is why I'm listing Joker a little bit later than what the issue does. One thing to note about the Joker's death, though, is when you see Superman punch a hole through him, killing him instantaneously, you see the classic humongous Joker smile. And that's not because he's dead and he's been killed. That, I don't think, was the point. I think the point, the Joker's always had the point to watch the world burn, but on top of that, he's had a point to, any way possible, break a leaguer, or in this case, the Superman, the Golden Boy, and he makes him break the code that the league kind of adopted of not killing, of using mercy and justice to bring these villains 
to to justice they're not killing they're punishing them and then bringing them forth so the justice system can do the rest so when joker is killed by superman in that split second before he loses consciousness for, for the, you know the rest of life before he takes the big snooze he understands that he has made superman break that code and the second he does that superman loses his humanity and you see that and that's one of the only things tying superman to anything to the world is what makes him such a person even though he's an alien it makes him a personable alien if you will his humanity and he that's shattered and gone the second he kills joker which is really nice the way they wrote that but at the same time it's so bad <laughs> it's really bad so at that point in time superman starts taking every single violent act on earth and he relates that to his the death of his wife and unborn child and he says there shall be no more pain no more anything amongst the entire world as long as i live and so he becomes a very early stage tyrant and he flies around the world talks to all the elected officials the presidents the tyrants the dictators and says if you fight at all i will destroy you and everything you stand for and i will do so gladly to keep peace on my planet and you see him doing this and that's not a good thing at all <laughs> because it's it just it shows that he has completely lost touch with his humanity even though he really really want okay and my cat is now sitting on my notes so uh, if you hear meows it's because i'm moving her because i need to see my notes but as i was saying before i rudely got interrupted that superman loses his entire humanity and you see that gradually but it's such an immediate flip of a switch that he just starts flying all around the world telling everybody that hey you need to stop this evil fighting or i'll make you stop by any needs possible and that is not not it's not a great thing let's put it like that and so when he says that Diana is by his side every single step of the way and she is giving vindication to every single thing that Superman does. She's backing him all the way. And so the Justice League is split into two groups, the Superman regime and the insurgency. And they're respectively led by Superman and Batman. Batman leads the insurgency against Superman, but it's not really active until later in year one because he's still trying to talk Superman down. He keeps saying, this is not what you should do. You know this is not what you should be doing. This is not how. We, this is not why we made the League. This goes against everything that we've ever stood for. And Superman continuously blows him off, telling him if you had killed Joker a long time ago when you had the chance, my wife would still be alive, and there is no reason why anybody else has to die for your faults. So he puts all of this on Batman. All of it. He puts all of their deaths, all the Metropolis deaths. He puts Jimmy Olsen, Scarecrow, Jesse Quick, Kid Flash, Beast Boy. He puts them all on Batman. One of the biggest shockers for me is when the regime and the insurgency are created. Damian Wayne, which as everyone knows is Batman's son, chooses Superman's side. I think it's because he was trained by the League of Assassins who show no mercy. And instead of justice, they use killing the, the evil with air quotations as justice and so he joins their side he still claims to be robin but he just joins their side 
So, a little bit later on, Superman's regime is at Belvev, and they are going to use the villains to be to beef up the uh, the regime. And so th- th- that doesn't sit great with the insurgency at all, like even remotely close, not at all. And Batman, Nightwing, and a handful of insurgents show up to Belvev, and they try stopping them. And so they're amongst, they're fighting the regime. The insurgency is fighting the regime and the evil villains, the evil, evil villains that the regime is trying to break out. So they have a fight on both sides, which is really rough and really taxing for them. Then Robin throws, uh, like, it's not a nunchuck, but he hits Nightwing in the head. And Nightwing doesn't see it coming because he's too busy fighting all the Belvev residents. And it hits him in the head, knocking him unconscious. He lands on a rock, snaps his neck, and he's dead immediately. Batman is horrified. Damon is surprised and horrified. And he's distraught. And both sides agree that they just should separate and cease fire for now. And they'll resume at a later date. And they mourn the loss of Nightwing collectively for about 30 seconds before they both just part ways. Batman for the next, I'd say, year and a half is just torn apart because Nightwing was the first Robin. Dick Grayson was the first one. He grew up. He became Nightwing, went to guard his own city, and constantly was coming back to help Batman out with Gotham. It was such a close working and personal relationship, and now it's just gone. Because the, the, he didn't even have a chance to say goodbye. Nobody thought anybody was going to be dying. Which is ironic. <laughs> but Nightwing is immediately killed. And that is so crucial to the overall story, I believe. Because then it becomes a turning point. And I'll explain that in a way a little bit later on. So, next thing that happens... Darkseid sends parademons to the earth and the regime and the insurgency stop fighting each other and they start fighting the parademons because the parademons are all over the world. They're using boom tubes all over to hit all the major hub cities and they're going to attack the planet and then attack both regime and insurgency and take over the planet for Darkseid for good, forever, once and for all. Superman decides that he is going to do something that he hasn't done even though he's threatened it but he has not done to this point and he's going to use the ultimatum that he set forth after killing Joker which was I'm going to use any violence necessary to keep my world peaceful and he does you see him fly around the world at the speed of like Mach 40,000 and destroys every he literally like incinerates every single parademon that was on the earth and the leader of the parademons Kalibek which is Darkseid's son is fighting Superman and then begs for surrender and Superman is having none of it and he fights Kalibek while Kalibek is not fighting back chokes him holds him tells him that you better fight for mercy because you're not finding it from me Kalibek touches his arms to like break the chokehold superman takes that as an attack and melts his noggin with his heat vision killing kelebeck almost immediately 
So now, Calibek's dead, Parademons are dead, and Darkseid is furious. You just killed Darkseid. Darkseid is easily one of the most powerful beings in the entire multiverse. And you just roasted his son like he was a burger on a grill. So, Superman is in deep. He, he's in, he's cape deep. He's Superman emblem deep into nonsense right now. So, as the story continues, <laughs> they're at their Fortress of Solitude, and Superman hears something and flies away. He goes away because he thinks somebody else is fighting. It's all a setup by Batman. Batman and a couple of the insurgents go to the Fortress of Solitude, trying to get the green pill that Lex Luthor has crafted for Superman's upcoming army. It makes them super powerful, just like Superman. They can take hits. They don't get special heat vision or anything, but they become super strong and they become super, they become super, they become mini Supermans at the cost of uh, pharmaceutical evilness. So, Captain Atom, Green Arrow, and Batman are the three that I'm going to be talking about in the next couple minutes. So, Batman brings along Captain Atom because Captain Atom can go toe-to-toe with Superman if absolute need be. He has the power of about 12 nuclear blasts residing inside of him, which is a ridiculous amount of power, so if need be, he can hold Superman off. Black Canary's going because she can deafen Superman, and she's also a wonderful martial artist, but Green Arrow comes just because Batman isn't necessarily the most for put putting person with his plans so green arrow doesn't trust it all the way and he goes to basically beef up the team but in all reality just watch out for dinah so superman understands what's going on he understands that batman and his insurgents are there for the green pill and superman flies back at the speed of light confronts all of them captain adam does his job and takes on superman flies them away starts punching each other in the face which is great because i love the quote that he says he says we can destroy each other with heat vision or nuclear blasts but instead we punch each other in the face because it feels so good which i understand completely without a doubt i was on captain adam's side 100 percent but then Diana comes along and holds her sword to Captain Adam's throat, chinking the impenetrable or so-called impenetrable armor that is his skin holding in all those nuclear blasts. So he tells her, you've made a grievous mistake and now I'm going, if I don't move, I'm going to destroy basically the whole planet because the amount of power residing in me is not anywhere near humanly possible to survive. I mean, one atomic blast destroyed all of Metropolis and its residents. Captain Atom has 12, or possibly even more, inside of his body, and Diana just leaked that out into the world. So, he takes Superman and Diana and flies them both into space while still fighting, gets into, like, pretty far above the atmosphere, and blows sky high. So... Diana is sent all the way to the ground, creates this entire, like, meteor comet crash landing where she lands, and she is in a coma for the majority of what we see the gap between year one and year two. She's in a coma for a hot minute, 
which is fine by me because this is it's rough no one knows why wonder woman is so so far up superman's butt but she is she she went in there and she bought residence her she has more than a brown nose she is giving him vindication left and right saying you're doing what needs to be done and i get that she's the warrior and all but come on garbage anyways after that happens superman still is alive and fine but he is still fully aware of what's going on now that captain adam is out of the way and diana cannot be helped currently he rushes in and green arrow was sent in to get the green pill superman finds green arrow and threatens to kill him and then almost immediately after does exactly that so green arrow in his dying action sends an arrow out of the fortress of solitude and lands it almost right next to batman that has the green pill on it so that batman can copy it and give it to the insurgents so they have a fighting chance against a superhuman so green arrow truly died for the greater cause and it was one of the hardest deaths for me because i love green arrow i love his character i really enjoy oliver queen's character I hate the idea of an arrow cave, but as Harley Quinn puts it, it should be called the Quiver, and that is such a better nickname. It is an amazing hideout, but I love Green Arrow's character. And at this point in time, you see that he has died for the greater good, not only of the world, but he knows that Superman is doing the incorrect thing and has tried to talk him down almost as much as Batman. And as you can see, talking to Superman at this point in time is fruitless in its most possible way no fruition is coming from that will you please move off my notes you pretty 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 little titty tat no okay how about i move them out from underneath you there we go that works so that is the end of year one green arrow's death puts a cap on year one so now we're going to be rolling right into year two and some of these deaths are also really hard but some of them don't even link to the storyline until later on and it's not that they don't link to the storyline, but you just don't see it link up until later on. And so Kyle Rayner's death is the first one in year two. And he's off because he is currently the guardian of the sector where Earth belongs. And he is he's told by the ring, which is controlled by the guardians, that Earth needs its help because Superman has gone AWOL. And so Kyle Rayner's coming back to help any way that he can. He is stopped and ambushed by the Sinestro Corps, and he is basically drawn and quartered, which is rough. Being drawn and quartered is rough anyways, but being drawn and quartered in space by uh, a, by an alien enemy core, that takes the cake for one of the most gruesome deaths. And it's the first one of year two, which definitely puts some things into perspective. Okay, so Kyle Rayner is you know, drawn and quartered by the Sinestro Corps. And Sinestro does that so that Hal Jordan thinks that no Green no Green Lanterns are coming to help because he sent a message saying that he needs help as a Green Lantern. And Cal Rayner heard that and was on his way. Sinestro stops him, kills him, so that Hal Jordan thinks he is alone on this venture. Which obviously he is not, because the next death we have is, I think it's Chip, you know, C-H apostrophe P. It's the little squirrel Green Lantern. It's when the Guardian sends a handful, not a handful, it's much more than a handful, but some of the strongest 
Green Lanterns. Because Sinestro has already infiltrated the regime by this point, and he has the Sinestro Corps waiting just outside the atmosphere. So, the Green Lantern, Green Lanterns, this like Green Lantern army comes, and then they're met by a Yellow Lantern, Sinestro, and a handful of other Yellow Lanterns. And they start duking it out, Yellow Lanterns fighting with Superman, Green Lanterns fighting just for peace and order, then the insurgency... The insurgency is fighting against Superman for peace and order, but the Green Lanterns are siding with the insurgency. They're just fighting to end fighting, which is funny, because how does that ever work? <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It doesn't work. But I'm going to say Chip. Let's say Chip. Chip is killed by Sinestro. He is at Superman, and he says that he is so small and his will is so strong that he's literally stopping Superman's brain from functioning. He's literally stopping his neurons from firing at each other. And then Sinestro hits him with like almost what looks like a ice pick, but of course it's yellow. But he like nails him in the forehead with an ice pick and he bleeds down his face very slowly and everyone just takes that ginormous emotional thing that's called a heart and we just stab it a tons of times because now it's just broken because that was also a really hard death because nobody personally i saw a green lantern death coming but i wouldn't think it would be chip because he was the one who was able to actually put superman in his stop and in his tracks so that was ugh, mm, mm, that was rough that's not yep that's not so good uh, so then after moving on through a bunch of emotional hardship uh, Despero is brought to the Earth by Sinestro, and Sinestro is using this as a ploy. It's but a facade. He brings Despero in to try to convince the regime that he has changed mostly Hal Jordan, because Hal Jordan has Superman's ear, but he's trying to convince Hal that Sinestro himself has changed, and he is willing to fight for Superman's, you know, for Superman's order. But which is completely false. We see that from the very beginning, but obviously the characters don't. So, Sinestro brings Despero down. Despero says, No, I will not use my powers to manipulate and kill the creatures of Earth, which he refers to us as creatures, which I guess in a way some of us are. <laughs> and Sinestro uses his ring and forces Despero's hands at his throat, and Despero kills him and tells the regime that he did it because Despero attacked first, which obviously did not happen so Sinestro is still using this ginormous facade what a Sinestro is just one of he's an actor he's, the whole time he's just on play he's just on Broadway just strutting his stuff for the regime and they're eating it up just absolutely just chowing down on this Sinestro special which ugh. so as the timeline continues you see that Batman has successfully created a green pill off the green pill that Green Arrow sent in his dying action, and he has given it to the Gotham Police Department who are trying to take back their city from the regime, and he's given it to the other insurgents. And so it grants them superpowers, but it also accelerates a few things. Just like Jim James Gordon, who is our next death, he has like stage three lung cancer because he is he smokes like a train just puff puff and no pass <laughs> all the puffs for him just fat puff daddies 
And so James Gordon is, he's honestly killed from his own lung cancer because of the green pill and how it quickly accelerates and everything. So James Gordon talks to Oracle, who is Barbara, his daughter, and he says, I'm sorry, I should have been a better father. I should have been more attentive to your needs instead of, you know, the cities. I'm a terrible father. I should have stopped smoking years ago. A bunch of very heartfelt, sentimental things. And then the insurgency takes an L when James Gordon passes away. The next death on our timeline is Jon Stewart. So again, the Green Lanterns send everybody down. And Hal Jordan does convince uh, Jon Stewart to fight by his side. But Jon Stewart isn't exactly fighting for the regime or for the insurgency. He's fighting next to Hal, who is at this point in time a Yellow Lantern. But he's fighting next to him because he is told that if he fights with Hal, Superman can stop all fighting. And so he's siding not with the regime, but with Hal. Hal and only Hal. And he's he's fighting everything. He's fighting all the Yellow Lanterns. He's fighting Batman and the Insurgency. He's fighting the regime. He's literally just fighting to end fighting. Which again, like I said before, doesn't work. It's an oxymoron. You can't fight to end fighting. That does not work. So Jon Stewart is killed by Sinestro. Sinestro comes up and starts to talk to him and then just literally uses his ring and just creates this giant gaping hole in his chest which kills him basically immediately. It's kind of an immediate death thing going on. And Sinestro brings the body of Jon Stewart to Hal and says that, look what's happened. Guy Gardner saw Jon Stewart fighting with you and Guy Gardner did this to Jon Stewart, your brother and another Green Lantern did it. And so Hal, who is again at this point still yellow, is infuriate. He's just, he's infuriated, he's angry, he's distraught. And he goes up to Guy Gardner and just doesn't even start talking, just starts fighting. And Guy Gardner tries to defend himself, but it's really hard to talk when you're getting punched in the face. So Guy Gardner has no choice but to fight back. He does, and Hal Jordan, in all of his anger, takes Guy Gardner's arm, his ring arm, the arm that his ring is on, and rips it clean from his body. So that connection between the ring and Guy is gone. And Guy falls to his death. They're flying. And he falls to his death. And he ends up a oil stain on the pavement. Which is a rough way to go. I understand that I've said that a few times. And it's true every time. Each of these deaths is rough. And that's with a whole lot of U's. Rough. So Guy Gardner dies. The next death. I hope I'm saying this right. It's Mogo. Which is the planet it's the green lantern planet and ganthan which is one of the guardians the guardian that specifically told superman to stand down and await trial and just we'll see what happens there and the the superman obviously does not listen and so the guardian goes and fights superman with the whole planet superman is extremely stubborn and does not listen whatsoever continues the fighting ends up killing mogo ends up killing everything that the Green Lanterns hold dear and then also kills Ganthan, one of the 12 Guardians. You know, they're, they're replaceable. There's only 12. And so, 
Batman, not Batman, I'm sorry, Superman destroys Muggo by like flying through it and using the power of his yellow ring and his overall power to completely just combust the planet into a hole. And then he kills Ganthet by again just going all out on him. And Ganthet is a guardian, so he's super powerful, but he doesn't stand a chance. And Ganthet dies as well by Superman's hand. Superman is really racking up the numbers. He's really just roasting them. Just rough. Uh, we At this point in time, this brings year two to an end. You see year two end with Constantine coming into the mix, previewing that year three, Constantine will be working with the insurgency to end Superman's regime. And again, my cat is on my notes. That's fine. I'm almost done. So we see that Constantine comes in. We see that Superman has added so many notches to his killing belt. And we see that Superman's humanity is not even there at all. Like I said, when he killed the Joker, it is non-existent. It has shattered into nothingness. And so that is, uh, it's rough. It's definitely rough. But it's, it's, it's a way for the super the super story of superman to go in a much different direction with i do which i do enjoy because you see superman get beat up a lot you never see him go all out you never see him cross that line and then in in the timeline of injustice you see him do all that and more and so that's easily why it's in my top favorites because they experienced and kind of adventured with so much for each character like you kill batman's like favorite robin nightwing you take superman and destroy everything he loves and he slowly destroys everything everyone else loves and it's just a vicious cycle of what can every character do that is all bad and everything and to me it's absolutely amazing not to mention some of the art some of my favorite art is done when superman is fighting all the green lanterns because the art you see just in the background millions of lanterns both green and yellow going at each other and it's just it's an array of sunshine with only two colors and granted it's not a happy scene but the art dictates it beautifully and another thing is all the deaths are all illustrated sometimes quite graphically which is nice because sometimes it's not graphic enough for you to really get the picture but at other times it just it's a little too much like wow i did not need to see that much blood now my pages are wet what do you know (laughs) so i think that this is a great play on the multiverse because it just you can totally see how so many big people in the injustice timeline have died justice league members have died nightwing Green Arrow, Captain Atom, characters that you don't ever see ever truly come to death's door have now completely passed through that frame. They have completely passed through and we're just at year two. We still got year four and year five to get through. So it's it's an amazing thing to be able to see exactly what the multiverse holds because it's all true. If you think that there is a multiverse out there and it's, it's illustrated well with DC Comics, that another earth could be exactly the same but instead of going right you go left and this is one of those polar opposites where just everything bad happens metropolis is destroyed so many heroes are dead so many people are dead and it's just a very it's a very 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 dark world 
and later on in the timeline you see that there is chances of a multiverse and they cross over but i don't want to get too ahead of myself so with this i bring this episode to a close i am so thankful that you guys listened in the next comical comic book review wednesdays i'm going to be going through years three four and five and that is going to be Ooh, that's gonna be lots of fun those are those are my favorite years it really does get into the nitty-gritty though so please 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 bear with me as i continue to go through the timeline through all the deaths of our favorite characters because who doesn't love a happy sentiment <laughs> i hope you guys have as much fun listening as i do talking and experiencing with you guys and reviewing everything if you have any comments on what comic book i should be reviewing next please send me a Instagram direct message and I will absolutely put that on my list and read it and then review it. I will add my Instagram into the box of information where I've completely forgotten what that is called now, but I'm also going to say it if my Instagram is dom d o m underscore m a r i n e l l i. Again, that's just dom underscore marinelli. And if you want me to see any, if you want me to review any book that you really enjoy, just let me know. Let me know what you think. Let me know what I can do better. I'm all open for criticism. Not really. I'm just playing. Just kidding. <laughs> so I really hope that you guys enjoyed this. I really hope you guys are looking forward to the next Injustice segment just as much as I am. And remember, tune in on Saturdays for my Saturday morning cartoons where I go over the most recent DC TV show or movie that I watched. A little sneak peek on Saturday we're gonna be going over Batman hush it's gonna be lots of fun again thank you for joining me on patrol I've had one heck of a time and I hope to see you nerds out here again until then stay nerdy <laughs>